Amen. Well, it's great to be back at church. Thank you to all those that come out on Monday nights, that also come out on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights. God has your heart. Amen. Genesis chapter 37. What a great weekend we had with Pastor Brian Sumner. If you were not here on the Saturday, I encourage you to take a listen to the podcast just regarding relationships, how he spoke into that and unpacked it from a biblical standpoint. Personal testimony shared in there as well, so you can find that at ChristCity.com, totally free of charge. Just head there and take in the word. Genesis 37, verses 1 to 3. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic or a coat of many colors. Praying towards this evening, I just felt like the Lord said that he fashions a unique coat of colors for a generation of Joseph's. He places his colors upon a generation of Joseph's. The message reads, he made him an elaborately embroidered coat. Many of us here tonight will be familiar with this story in the Bible. For some, perhaps not. We're going to go through the scripture tonight. I feel the Spirit saying that it's a coat that sets a generation apart from the rest. It is a coat of the colors of God. Imagine if a generation of Joseph's rose up. If God could grab hold of young people, even at the age of 17, this generation of Joseph's could rise up in the land, in our land. What would this generation look like? What would this generation act like? What would this generation accomplish? A generation clothed in the colors of God. The Boyce Bible, Israel presented Joseph with a special robe that he had made for him. A spectacularly colorful robe. It's a tunic or a coat or a robe that would one day direct Egypt. All Egypt would look to the coat wearer to rescue and to save and to guide, to direct he made him a tunic of many colors. The colors of God were upon Joseph, and one night, Joseph had a dream. Genesis 37, verse 5 in the NLT, one night, Joseph had a dream. You see, the Lord puts his colors upon a generation, and that generation starts dreaming the dreams of God. When God can get a hold of a young person or a young adult, when God can get a hold of a person and put his colors upon that person, that person then begins to dream the right dreams. We can dream many dreams in this life. When God puts his colors upon us, we begin to dream his dreams. I ask the Lord, what is it going to take to see these dreams realized? And the answer is found in the text. 
Verses 3 and 4, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. Also he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Verses 5 to 8, Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed your sheaf stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us, or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. What is it going to take to see these dreams realized? We have to pass certain tests in order to see the dream of God realized. The colors upon our life, and now these dreams that we are dreaming, we're going to have to pass certain tests. We have to pass the test of pressure. The pressure or the hatred of those jealous and envious of the colors God has placed upon our lives. Has your dream ever been met with the wrong kind of reaction? You sharing your heart, sharing the dream of God? His own brothers, those that should have had his back, hated him. They despised him. They really wanted nothing to do with him. The pressure came to silence the dreamer and to scare the dreamer out of him. And the pressure comes to stop the dreaming. The pressure comes to stop the dream, to stop us in our tracks, to have that hatred cripple us, arrest us, so that we go no further. Verse 9, then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. You think he'd learn by now? And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. And the Lord is saying, every dreamer faces pressure. Like Joseph, keep dreaming. Every dreamer faces pressure. Whatever the dream God has placed in your heart, he's got you, he has his colors upon your life. You start dreaming the dreams of God. Every dreamer faces pressure. But we have to keep dreaming. Don't let the pressure stop the dreaming. What's it going to take to see these dreams realized? Well, let's see if we like the next test. We have to pass through the pit. Verses 12 to 24, Then his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send you to them. So he said to him, Here I am. Then he said to him, Please go and see. If it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks, and bring back word to me. So he sent him out of the valley of Hebron, and he went to Shechem. Now a certain man found him, and there he was, wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What are you seeking? So he said, I'm seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they are feeding their flocks. And the man said, They've departed from here, for I heard them say, Let us go down to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. 
Now when they saw him afar off, before he even came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, look, this dreamer is coming. Come therefore, let us kill him and cast him into some pit and we shall say some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. Listen to those words tonight. But Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit, which is in the wilderness. Do not lay a hand on him, that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit. They threw him in a pit, and there he is all alone with his dreams. In this place of impossibility, this place of questioning, all alone with his dreams, this dark place all alone with his dreams, they stripped him of his tunic, but what they didn't realize is that the colors of God cannot be taken. They cannot be stripped from our lives. Those colors had transferred from the coat to the very skin on Joseph's body. Every dreamer passes through the pit. I could stand here tonight and tell you stories. Every dreamer passes through the pit. Alone, left for dead. And it seems like there is no way out. I wonder what was going on in that pit. I wonder if Joseph repeated the dreams. I wonder if he prophesied the dreams in the pit. I wonder if he reminded the Lord of the dreams he had given him. I wonder if Joseph had to fight intense fear. And you know he had to. Rejected, hated, all alone. Stripped of the coat, cast into a pit. Verses 25 to 28, they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels, bearing spices, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brothers listened. Then Midianite traders passed by, so the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. That's the value they placed on his life. And they took Joseph to Egypt. And so the dreamer heads to Egypt, and you wonder what's going on. Send the dreamer to Egypt? It seems strange. Send the dreamer into an unregenerate world? Send the dreamer into the darkness? Yes, because we have to pass the test of personal character. Passing the test of personal character out in the world in the darkness, midst an unregenerate world, 
Verse 36 reads, Now the Midianites sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard. Chapter 39, verses 1 to 6. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord is with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. This is incredible, what's taking place. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of the house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread or the food which he ate. You see, Joseph knew who it was that he was really serving. Joseph knew that he was really serving the Lord. Imagine being sold once. Imagine being sold twice. All that this young man had gone through and was going through, still clinging to the dream, clinging to the promise of God. Lord, I didn't think it was going to play out like this. When God came, when the colors were put upon his life, and he began to dream the dreams of God. He wasn't told that the road was going to look like this. When we begin to dream the dreams of God, we're not always told what the road is going to look like. But we have to keep dreaming and know that God is with us. Lord, I'll get the character flowing when the dream is realized. No. Faithful in little, much will be given. We have to pass the test of personal character. I'll be faithful when the dream is realized. No. Faithful in little, much will be given. Faithful when personal character is put to the test. God cares about the character, how the dreamer carries themselves, how they work, serve, talk, walk, how they function and respond when to other eyes it looks like slavery. And I hope you can hear what the Spirit is saying tonight. God is watching us. He's watching the dreamer. He's with the dreamer, but he's watching the dreamer the whole way. He's with the dreamer and his eyes are on the dreamer when the dreamer is in the pit. He's listening to what the dreamer is saying and confessing in the pit. He's with the dreamer when the dreamer is sold once and sold twice. He's listening to the dreamer. He's with the dreamer when the dreamer is now in the house of Potiphar and he's serving as a slave. He's with the dreamer and he's watching the dreamer the work ethic as he serves another man. 
serving another man's dream, and you say, well, he was an unregenerate man. It doesn't matter. He was serving his house. He was serving whatever dream that man had, even though it was a carnal dream because he did not know the Lord. How do you serve when you're serving another person's dream? When you're on the road to the fulfillment of yours? It's a good question, isn't it? Because oftentimes, more times than not, the fulfillment of our dream means serving others' dream along the way. We have to serve others along the way. And God is setting us up. And we can't lose sight of that. And we have to remember that God is for us. And God is with us. And the dreams are just as real now when we serve as a slave. Verses 6 to 20, now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. It came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I. Nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. Listen to these words. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside, that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called to the men of the house and spoke to them saying, See, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came into me to lie with me and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. You know, every dreamer has to pass the test of rogue passion. And this speaks way beyond what Joseph faced. Every dreamer has to face the test and pass the test of rogue passion. We have to have the same spirit as Joseph when the enemy would come to catch the dreamer, to draw the dreamer into unholy act. We have to have the same response as Joseph, the same spirit. His words, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? 
You say, come on, God's going to let me off the hook. Look what I've been through. Can I have a little pleasure? Can I have a little fun? Can I have a little passion? And again, it speaks way beyond the text. Can I get a little loose? Can I enjoy myself? Hatred, rejection, thrown in a pit, sold not once, sold twice, serving as a slave, doing all the right things. And then when I do the right thing, what happens? Does God have my back? All of a sudden, I find myself in a prison. So there's Joseph in prison for something he did not do. And here, Joseph is faced with the test of patience. Hasn't it been long enough? Haven't I waited long enough? Haven't I been patient enough, Lord? Haven't I endured more than most dreamers? I know dreamers that didn't get hated. I know dreamers that didn't face the pit. I know dreamers that weren't sold once. They weren't sold twice. They didn't serve as a slave. It seemed like they were set up differently. But are we surrendered to the Lord and His plan? Because we might just need to go through all these things for the greatness of the dream. God knows how to get the dreamer exactly where he needs the dreamer to be. Verses 21 to 23, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand. Here, like, look what's happening again. Committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. The Lord is with us the entire way. As I've already said, he is with us when we face hatred and rejection. He is with us when we're in the pit. He is with us in Potiphar's house. He is with us in the prison. He was with us at the start, and he is faithful. And I say to all of us here tonight, no matter where we are in this journey, no matter what test we're facing now, be confident that he who has begun a good work will complete it. You need to trust the Lord. Look at each time the Lord was with him. The Lord was setting him up. The Lord was bringing prosperous things. If anybody should have had a pity party, it should have been the one who was put in the pit. It should have been Joseph. Woe is me. This looks absolutely impossible. This actually isn't getting any better, is it? Looks like it's getting worse. The darkness before the dawn. Joseph had to exercise, be anxious for no thing. Be anxious for nothing, says the Lord. Genesis 40, verses 1 to 8, it came to pass after these things that the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their Lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry 
with the two officers, the chief butler and the chief baker. So we put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison, the place where Joseph was confined. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them. So they were in custody for a while. Then the butler and the baker, the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, had a dream, both of them, each man's dream in one night, and each man's dream with its own interpretation. And Joseph came into them in the morning and looked at them and saw that they were sad. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of his Lord's house, saying, Why do you look so sad today? And they said to him, We each have had a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. So Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell them to me, please. And you know what I find incredible? Is that no one had truly interpreted Joseph's dream. He had these dreams. He shared them with his brother. He didn't really know what it meant. His dreams weren't fully interpreted, truly interpreted, but here's the incredible thing. And I believe it's a word of the Lord to some of us here tonight. Do not interpretations belong to God? His dreams hadn't totally and truly and fully been interpreted. Joseph had dreams and he knew his God was faithful. And so even without a full interpretation, he journeyed towards the goal. You know, we want all the T's crossed and the I's dotted before we move. We want the colors of God upon our life. We want to know the dream. We want to know exactly what it's going to look like because then we can decide whether or not we you know, want to count the cost or if we want to trade our dream in, the God dream, for another dream that's a little less strenuous and fits the schedule a little better. And so we go to God and it's like, hey, you open to trade dreams? You got another one where the road looks a little sweeter? You got one minus a pit? You got one minus a prison, minus hatred. You got one minus a Potiphar's wife. You got one minus, you got one minus, you got one. You got one minus this, you got one minus that. You see, if you really are a dreamer and you really want to live for God and you really, truly, in your heart of hearts, honestly before the Lord, want to be used of Him however He wants to use you, you're not trading anything. You're saying, Lord, thank you for the pit. Thank you for the hatred. Thank you for selling me once and selling me twice because, listen, it was God selling him. What they meant for evil, God meant for good. Lord, thank you for Potiphar's wife. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to stand righteously for you. Lord, thank you for the prison I'm in now. Thank you that all the way along you've still set me up. It's been prosperous. Wouldn't trade anything because it's making me into who I'm supposed to be. God takes a while, doesn't he, to work on the character. I was with Pastor Brian Sumner last night, and I mean, he, he mentioned this in his sermon. He said, uh, John the Baptist spent 20 years alone with God for six months of ministry, right? 
but he didn't finish the quote. And he shared the rest of it with me last night. And I just, I don't know if it totally speaks to this, but I trust we can hear this. And it was a Leonard Ravenhill quote. He said, John the Baptist spent 20 years alone with God for six months of ministry. And most of us today want to spend six months alone with God for 20 years of ministry. And you see the difference. You see the attitude. You see the heart. And God sees that. God sees that. I just think all that this, this young boy went through, I mean, most of us here aren't 17. We're older than that. But we all fit the story. God has placed his colors upon our life. We begin to dream the dreams of God. We're going to have to pass these tests if we truly want to be used of him. If we want to be used of him for his glory, not our own. Interpretations, the meaning, it belongs to the Lord. My, how he had to pass the test of patience. Patience, patience, patience. Patience is a virtue. Did your mother ever tell you that? I didn't like that. You don't want patience. We want to reject it. We want everything, and you've heard this before. We live in a world that lacks patience. But patience produces what the Lord desires. God takes his time. God takes his time. Can you imagine showing up for Thanksgiving dinner, and you're expecting this meal that was prepared, and uh, it took a lot of time, and somebody just hucks in a TV dinner into the microwave and throws it on the table, and you're like, what? That's not what I was expecting. Good things are worth the wait. Good things take time. Joseph interprets the dreams for the men, and he says to one of them, remember when it is well with you. Please show kindness to me. Make mention to Pharaoh of me and get me out of this place. The one is destined to die. The other is destined to live. But the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. All right. So Joseph has a conversation, says, go back. When you see him, let him know who I am. Let him know about the interpretation. Get me out of this place. That's all I'm actually asking. Just get me out of here. Two more years go by. Two years. My, how he had to pass the test of patience. Two more years. What is going on? Two years. I thought I was going to get out of here tomorrow. Or the next week. Two more years go by. Two years and then Pharaoh has a dream. And no one in all Egypt can interpret the dream. You see how God is setting Joseph up? See, we see it from this side of the story. When we're in our own story, we can't see it from that side of the story. But God can. And sometimes others can. And they come to encourage us and encourage our heart. We can't see it when we're in it. We can't see how God is moving things and how he's getting us to where he needs to get us. It actually makes no sense. Things are getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And then from the prison to the palace, God knows what he's doing. We can't see the big picture concerning our own lives because we're in it. Joseph didn't know the end. He just knew God was faithful. 
Genesis 41, 9 to 13, Butler spoke to Pharaoh saying, I remember my faults this day. Wow, thank you. Two years later, but obviously this is when God wanted him to remember. Because Egypt wasn't ready yet. See, God is orchestrating so many things. When Pharaoh was angry at his servant, he put me in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, both me and the chief baker. We each had a dream, and one night, he and I, each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream. Now there was a young Hebrew man with us there, a servant of the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted our dreams for us. To each man he interpreted according to his own dream, and it came to pass just as he interpreted for us. So it happened. And so here's Joseph, and he's brought before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh says to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. So Joseph answered Pharaoh. What did he answer Pharaoh? I can interpret dreams. Look at how he answers. It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. The Lord could trust Joseph not to steal the glory. The Lord could trust Joseph not to steal even an ounce of glory. Not to say, hey, yeah, I can interpret dreams. This is the gift I have. This is what God has given me. I can interpret dreams. I interpreted the dreams. He didn't have an ego now. Say, look it. The dreams came true for these two. Exactly how I said, no, he said, it's not in me. And we need to remember that. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. We need to remember that it's God in us. We need to remember that it's His colors upon our life. We need to remember that it's His dreams upon us. It's His will. It's His power alive in us. It's not us. You know how quickly God could take the anointing from any single one of us? Can I remind the church of Samson? Rogue passion. Didn't pass the test, did he? Run, boy, run. Delilah's going to get you. And pretty soon, he caved. Gave up the secret of his strength. God helped him in the end. We know that. Look at how he fell. Pharaoh tells Joseph the dreams, and the Lord speaks through Joseph. I wonder if Joseph knew what was going on in these moments. It was all about to make sense. The Lord, the interpreter of dreams, was about to open Joseph's eyes to the reality and realization of the words spoken so long ago now. So interpretations are given to Pharaoh, and what happens next is simply miraculous. Verses 37 to 44. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Wow. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, 
and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. That's some kind of promotion. That's some kind of positioning. You see, if Joseph would have got ticked off in the pit, if Joseph would have acted wrong along the way when he was sold once, sold twice, if he would have acted wrong in Potiphar's house, if he would have acted, if he would have taken the glory for himself, oh, God's setting him up. Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. This is absolutely remarkable. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand. And he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he had him ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried out before him, Bow the knee. So he set him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in all of Egypt. Absolutely astonishing. Joseph is made overseer in Potiphar's house. Joseph is made the authority in the prison. Joseph set over all the land of Egypt. The reality is he was reigning all the way along. He was reigning and ruling all the way along. God was using him all the way along the dreamer. The dream was being fulfilled, but see on a smaller scale all the way along. But when you're in it, you can't see it. God is fulfilling your dream. He's fulfilling our dreams all the way along. It's just in smaller measures, and sometimes we can't see it because we don't have the title. We want the title, and then we can see the dream, but it's not about the title. It's about the dreamer living out the dream and growing in the dream of God until God gets him in the right position. And the promotion comes. We can't see it. We just look at it. All I am is master of this pit. All I am is a slave. All I am is one in Potiphar's house serving, and this guy's getting loaded up. God's blessing this house. Where's my paycheck? Where's my this? Where's my that? Where's my recognition? And then after all this, your wife lies to you, and instead of slapping your I'm just kidding. Instead of dealing with your wife, we heard, you don't do that, okay? We heard on, on Saturday evening, just to clarify that, we don't do that. Uh, why didn't you deal with your wife? Why didn't you ask me if you trust me? You see, he trusted him with everything in his house. Why didn't he go to Joseph? He just said, see you later. Anger, you're in prison. I can't imagine what it felt like to be Joseph. And some of us are struggling with our dream and we haven't faced anything yet. We're struggling with trust in God and we haven't faced even near what Joseph's faced. But God won't bring us into anything we can't handle. He's with us all along the way. He's reigning all the way. We can have the worship team return. And so... The test's over, right? I know we're a little bit over time here. Just let me wrap it up. School's over. Test's over, right? No. Because right now, when he is positioned and promoted, now comes the test of purpose. Because when the purpose of the dream is realized, when you understand what it is, you ask, what is the purpose of the dream? Just to make Joseph powerful and wealthy? Was that the purpose of this dream? 
All the injustice? Was the purpose of the dream just to set Joseph up so he's powerful and wealthy and he can reign over people and nobody can lift hand or foot in all of Egypt unless he says? Was it so that he can ride in a chariot and people bow the knee? Was that the purpose of this, just to load him up? What was the purpose of the dreams? You see, when the dream is realized, we have to remember the purpose. And Joseph never forgot the purpose. The purpose is that the kingdom of God be exalted, that the king be exalted, that the influence of the Lord would take the land, and that people would be saved and rescued and fed. I think of businessmen where the Lord blesses them, and that's their calling, that's their gifting, that's the dream of God on their life. Blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. Don't forget, when God promotes you and positions you, the purpose. What was the purpose of all of this? Was it not to rescue the lost? Was it not to save people? To feed people? Listen, no matter the platform, no matter the palace we find ourselves honoring, we can't forget the purpose. It's all about Him. It's all about his glory, and so we're standing there, and we're crying out, not to us, but to him be all the glory. To you be all the glory, Lord, and we never let these words fall away from us. We continually hold in our heart, and these words continually cross our lips. It's not in me, but he's in me. It's because of him. That's how we don't get a puffed-up head. That's how pride doesn't come and, and take over because pride comes before a great fall, the Word says. We have to pass the test of purpose, and when we arrive, we have to pass the test of praise. Joseph was a man that gave all the glory to the Lord. It wasn't about his name. He was just a dreamer, given dreams by the giver and interpreter of dreams. Joseph never lost the colors along the way. And it's true that no one can take them from us, however we can lose them. Nobody can take the colors from us, but we can lose them. I do believe the Lord is clothing people here today with colors. Clothing a generation with colors that will set us apart. He's giving dreams to us. And He will give dreams to this generation in the days to come. I believe the Lord is going to use us in incredible ways, and he is sending us into Egypt. Egypt will begin to look to the coat wearers to rescue, save, direct, guide, and lead. They will turn to the coat wearers because there is no interpretation. They will turn to the coat wearers for the answers because they've run out of answers. They have more questions than answers. They have no answers. The interpretations belong to God. They will look to the coat wearers. They will say of this generation, can we find such a ones as this in whom is the Spirit of God? Is that not what we desire? Don't lose your colors. Remember, the Lord is with you all the way and check the motive of heart and so on frequently. Something Brian Sumner posted today and he didn't really use it in this way, but his words, I'm just going to share those real quick. 
He was speaking of how God got him to where he's at now. If you would have asked him back then and he'd tell you if he's standing here, if you would have asked him or told him you'd be used of God in the way you are, he would have laughed. He had a very different dream at that time, but God was getting him to where he needed him to be. And he said these words, wrote these words rather, God uses people and situations to bring your gifting forth. How do we figure out the call and gifting? By beginning to serve others with it. Wow. God uses people and situations to bring your dream forth. How do we figure out the dream? How do we figure out the call and the gifting? By beginning to serve others with it. Sounds like Joseph. He was a servant all the way and humble. And God exalted him. Though these were different, God used persons concerning Joseph. God used a pit. God used Potiphar's house. God used a prison. And God used Pharaoh. And all the way along, Joseph served, didn't he? All the way along, Joseph served others with the qualities God had put in him the qualities that he needed to reign and rule in Egypt, to direct and save. Let's stand tonight.